Welcome back, everyone, to the Catfish Corner. I am John Garcia, joined here with Paul Scribina, Predators beat writer for the Tennessean. And we have a new voice in the room today. Hi, I'm Tommy Dees. A southern voice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Tommy Dees, welcome. Uh, you just started as the, what's your official title, Sports Enterprise that reporter? That's correct. I cover the Starship Enterprise for the Tennessee. That's, we, that's a beat that we have been sorely lacking on yes. over the past couple of years. So I'm glad that we finally brought someone in to do that. Yeah, I'm a big Star Trek nut, which is true. But no, my, my job as Enterprise reporter is basically to look for and try to tell good stories. Um, maybe stories that, that people on the beat every day don't have a time to delve deeply into, and I'll, and I'll also be um, be backing up uh, Paul Scribina here on the Nashville Preds beat, which I've been learning how to do uh, this week, and uh, doing some Titans and what whatever. I'm a little bit utility infielder, but I'm also kind of a he goes off on his own and, and tries to find good stories. Yeah, and where did you come from, and what is your like background in as far as sports goes um, for our I've listeners? Been, been at the Tuscaloosa News in Alabama for the last 25 years, covered a lot of Nick Saban, a lot of football, a lot of football before Nick Saban, and uh, was executive sports editor there for the last uh, decade. Great, and what are your impressions of Nashville so far? Uh, I've lived in Nashville. My first job was with the Banner, um, so the Tennessean was the bad guys. That was very well established. We were on one side of the building, and you were on the other, and uh, there was like a couple of neutral zones mm-hmm. where people might cross, <laughs> like the cafeteria, or if you, you know, you might nod if you saw somebody on your way to the bathroom, but you didn't talk to them much at all. So, right. uh, Mike Organ of the Tennessean staff still is uh, was a competitor of mine because uh, we both covered high school sports. But um, I'm sure you cross paths with Larry and Mary and everything like oh, that yes. back then too. Absolutely, absolutely, and and basically then and now. Uh, Nashville was a really, really, it, it was a big, small town. Now it's a really, really, really big, small town. Mm-hmm. It's because it's, it's still kind of a small town. It doesn't feel like Atlanta or Chicago or whatever, but the traffic's bad. And you have some, you no, have some of the good and some of the bad from big towns, you know, where you get a lot of entertainment events come on. You got major league sports, um, you know, major, major, um, professional sports, but you also kind of have a small town feel. I mean, it's, it's how small is this place in a way? Well, my first enterprise assignment, I went out to a local high school, and the defensive coordinator at that high school is a guy I covered when he played high school here. So, I mean, like, like the first time I go out of the building, I meet a guy that I used to cover. Yeah. And that's not going to be that uncommon in Nashville. Sure. It's not like New York where you might never see that person. You might see somebody every day for 10 years, and you move a block away and never see them the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mike Oregon, he, that's a – knack that he has he went to go cover uh the wildfires in california over the summer and the first person he ran into on a football field he covered right. over there it's like you're going how many thousands of miles away and you're going to run into someone that you know when you already know everyone in the city is well. right so uh so, so anyway my, my uh since i'm going to plug myself here yeah. my twitter handles at tommy d's d-e-a-s and if you know of a good sports story to tell in the city of nashville don't tell paul scurbina tell me yeah, don't tell me. I'm not very good at this. Well, the competition is starting already. Uh, so getting into the Predators. Um, it's been an interesting week. It has been an interesting week, and it's been a bit, an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, well, yeah, they're I mean, kind of the walking wounded right now, but still kind of holding it together with just the players that are still healthy enough to get on the ice. Pretty Well, I mean, pretty impressive, actually, how they've been able to hold it together, missing considering they're missing three of their four best players, you know, or, or four of their best players. Um, and and I think, you know, the, keeping their heads uh, at least above water and not completely 
sinking in the standings. Um, they've been able to sustain it, and every good team has to do that every year. We know that. I mean, they just happen to get hit all at once. Um, Kyle Turris is going to be the first one back. He'll be back um, for today's Thursday. Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, so he'll tonight be, against the his first back. Will, his first game back will have been against the Canucks. Now he's been in, he's been skating, um, practicing with the team for the last few days, and I think. Next week, P.K. Subban may come back. Um, Arvidsson and Forsberg are two or three weeks out still probably, but um, I think by the time the new year gets here, the, the band will be pretty much mostly back together. And so, But it, you know, it gave him a chance to see Ali Tolvin in. It gave him a chance to get some other guys, Ryan Hartman, up on the top line. It gave him a chance to, to see uh, you know, a little bit more what Rocco Grimaldi can do and some of their depth um, you know, that they like to talk about a lot. So... You know, I think it, it, things can can only get better, and you know, they, you're going to go through lulls in the season, obviously. But I think they've done a pretty good job considering the this, this, this star power. That I, I I don't even remember. I added it up. It was something I can't even remember the number. It was an absurd, almost thirty or forty percent of their payrolls on injured reserve. Right. Well, um, and that's funny because uh, the last time we were we were talking about this, we were talking, you know, who is going to come up and not replace Arvidsson, but you know fill that kind of void that he's been missing and everything like that. And that question gets a kind of a lot easier to answer when you lose the other winger on that top line. Um, And then it's just, all right, cool. Well, now it's just all hands on deck. It doesn't matter what type of production anyone's going to do as long as we can win games and for the most part they've been doing that like they've had a couple here and there but they I mean, have, they're gonna have those even if those even if those, all those guys are in the lineup they're gonna have games like that I mean the Vancouver game last week was they were pretty bad in that game but you know against Calgary I know they lost that game five to two but it was still a game that I think they they did a lot of things well I mean you know, we, we all know that the final score is all that matters but there's a lot more to it than that sure and and you know so that, that could be deceiving but I think overall you know really I think having Austin Watson back has been been a huge boon for them for the power play for the penalty kill um their power play numbers are still pretty abysmal but they've looked a lot better on the power play mm-hmm. um and you know so they they were fortunate to have some guys come back also at times when these other guys started going down but you know to be quite honest with you as much as everybody's sick of reading about these injuries and hearing about them we are just as sick talking about them and writing about them and you know but i did i i, I did it's a good segue into i had a conversation with a player um I won't name the player, but I had a conversation with a player about injuries and how they feel about uh, the Predators are one of the teams in the NHL that doesn't reveal their, the nature of the injuries most of the time. We know Victor has a broken thumb, um, but that's a rarity that they tell you what, what, what the injury is. Um, but I was having a conversation with one of the players uh, recently, and I suggested to him, I said I had talked to other players who said that they thought it was kind of silly that you know that, that, that the teams don't reveal these injuries. Um, in light of legalized, legalized sports gambling, in light of a lot of other teams starting to do it now and be a lot more transparent. And this player suggested to me, ag- agreed and, and, and said, you know, there's not the goons in the game there used to be and whatnot, and that they, they police themselves pretty well. But he brought up a very good point that I hadn't thought of before, and that is he would be, he said, as a player, I'd be fine with revealing injuries during the regular season if we could come to an agreement where we don't do it during the postseason because the postseason as we all know is a whole different season in hockey i think if guys had nagging injuries in the postseason there's a lot more incentive for other players to kind of target that which is the big thing that people talk about as far as coaches say like we don't want to reveal injuries because we don't want guys going after bad shoulders bad knees things like that right which is not generally going to be this isn't the nhl 20 years ago that's not generally going to be the case right but in the playoffs kind of you know everything goes out the window in the playoffs so I think that you know it was it was a point that I hadn't considered before but I thought maybe that's a good compromise you know where 
because I think the tra- transparency is coming. Whether the NHL likes it or not, whether teams like it or not, it's in every other sport. I mean, Tommy's covered a lot of college football. The NFL, they, they reveal, they, they have to reveal the injuries. A lot of it has to do with, with gambling. I mean, that's just the reality that we live in. And there's uh, something that I kind of want to touch on that. But first, Tommy, I wanted your thoughts on that as far as how the NHL operates with just not telling people about injuries uh, and, like, just your thoughts on that, I guess. And having the option, like teams could, because, you know, teams can, if they choose to reveal yeah, them, they, they can. there's nothing stopping them from doing that. that. That's what I don't like, not that they have the option, but that there's no standardized reporting. Um, there should be, in all professional sports, as there is in the NFL, standardized reporting. Now, are some teams going to abuse that or overuse that? I mean, you know, the New England Patriots will have 24 guys that are questionable, you know, because somebody had a hangnail this morning or, you know, maybe they, they got too close a haircut. Um, they'll put everybody on it. It's, it's kind of an inside joke in the NFL. But most teams are pretty and, – and later in the week they actually get kind of real about it. They'll take Gronk off that one. Gronk's fine. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, and every NFL player and every NHL player to some degree is probably hurting today if they're in season. But that doesn't mean you're injured. But there's designations of questionable, doubtful, um, et cetera, out – and they don't necessarily have to tell you the full extent of what the injury is, knee, ankle, you know, elbow, but they tell you their status. And that's what's important to the gambler. And that's what's important to the fan. If I'm buying a ticket to see the Preds and somebody's out, if Pekka's out, I want to know that because maybe I want to go next week instead because mm-hmm. I really want to see the best goalie in the game. Yeah, and it reminds me of uh, a couple years ago there was a – I hesitate to use the word problem, but when contracts were announced, the teams would never disclose financial terms about how long, how much money it was. But three minutes after it was announced on Twitter, some beat reporter or someone close to the team or some source would get all that mu- that information out anyway – and now I think for the most part, most teams will say, hey, we signed, you know, Pecorino for two years at X million dollars or whatever it was. Um, and that's the way that I think it should be, because with I mean, Paul, you're going to find out what the injury is anyway. Uh, I mean, people we, are going to find out along the lines. I mean, there we, are to- we, we already know. I mean, there's a lot of them that you can see. They're apparent. Sure. You see these guys walking around with a cast on or you see these guys limping around with, the, you know, a foot injury or you see, you know, and and. You know, part of the, 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 the culture is it's a weird culture because, you know, there are, these are things that we know, but we have to we have to ask about it, knowing that we're not going to get an answer. Yeah. And and I think a lot of I feel like the last month all I've been writing about is injuries. And I feel like we, a lot of that could be avoided if the teams in other in other words, by avoiding talking about it, we keep talking about it. So my job is to try to find out what's going on so I can inform inform fans and people of interest who are interested in what, what we're covering. You know, because that's what I know we're a conduit, right? So I feel like if they just come out and were transparent right away, that would be the end of it. Okay, for example, with Victor Arvidsson. I have not asked about Victor Arvidsson in a while because I know he has a broken thumb. He's not going to be back for originally six to eight weeks. So I'm not going to ask about him every day, right? If PK Su- if I see P.K. Subban walking around or he's posting videos on Instagram of him racing around the ice and he's been on IR and missed the last 12 or 13 games and nobody knows what's wrong with him and nobody knows when he's coming back and nobody wants to say... And you just prolong the agony. Mm-hmm. If you just come out, and now I respect that this is how the Predators do things, right? That's fine. But I have my job to do, right? So I'm going to keep asking. They're going to keep saying the same thing, and we're going to keep having this song and dance. And it's really just, to me, like if they just come out and said, you know what, PK is going to be out for, we think he's going to be out for six weeks, you know, that's the end of it, right? Because 
we all these guys are around. I see Philip Forsberg every day. I see PK Subban every day. I see Victor Arvidsson every day, and it's just this yeah, they weird, don't just stay at home because no, they're injured, right? I mean, they're around. They're working out. They're rehabbing. They're you know they're 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 part- participating in team activities. They're doing all kinds of things, and it's like this this this. And I've talked to you know I talked. It's not like I I don't talk to a guy if he's injured, but. I, you know, it, it's, it puts you in a weird spot. Like I'm having a conversation with Philip Forsberg in, in Calgary about his socks because he has a, an interesting sock collection, right? And I'm just a weird my man. I have a weird I, I have weird conversations with guys, and that's great, and that's part of it. But you know, it, I don't I don't want to get myself in trouble with people I have to work with by going and asking every. You know, then you start getting a reputation because it's like, oh, you see these guys. Why don't you ask them? Well, because then if I ask them, and then you know, or if I if I know what's going on, but I can't confirm with that player. Then and I, and then I write it. It becomes problematic for me to do my job going forward. So I just think if you're just if you nip it in the bud in the beginning, yeah, don't get injured. That's the moral of the story. Just right. tell players not to get injured, and then we will have everybody's a job would smooth be much, NHL season. Yeah, we don't have to worry about anything. Is, is there anything in the NHL rulebook? And I'm a novice to the NHL rule that prohibits bubble wrap for players to just be bubble wrap before you send them on the ice. I don't think I there think is. it might violate uh, uniform policy. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say equipment vo- uh, b- policy. Maybe you know what? take the penalty. Yeah, I don't. What I don't they, know if what they're, are they going to do. Fine, you. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if there's anything that says that you can't uh, bubble wrap yourself underneath everything. You I don't See? know. I Guys I, tape up their wrists geez, and their knees all the time. Rocco Grimaldi looks like yeah. he weighs 180 pounds all of a sudden. Yeah, I wonder why. I like but, Rocco. Rocco's Rocco's great. my boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the injury thing is just it, it's it's a big storyline, but it's a tired storyline and and i get that people are interested in it but when you know how many times how many ways can you skin a cat how many ways can you say the same thing over and over again without saying anything it just becomes you know there are other interesting things going on with this team that will that will get well and that that was actually that's a perfect segue because as you're saying that i was thinking okay so what are some things going on with this team that people aren't talking about that you think that they maybe should be talking about right now well i mean off the ice you know a big a big the, the fun part of, of our job is we get to – we're privy to a lot of things that other people aren't, that everyday people aren't, which I truly appreciate. And yesterday was one of those days because yesterday was a day that we went – the team didn't practice. We all went to the arena, and there was a lot of community events going on with the Predators. I think a lot of players went to the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. Um, there was a uh, – David Poyle was, had his induction into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, some other players went to Bridgestone for a. They went. They had gone. Um, it's actually a trip. I went with them on to Walmart to do some shopping for some needy families in connection with a, a, a local, um, a local charity. And so the, the things that you see, right? Let's start with the things that you see. So there's a rack outside of the Predators locker room um, with all these costumes on it yesterday, and and. I'm thinking to myself, who's going to wear these costumes? Oh, there's a Grinch costume, which ended up being reserved for Ryan Johansson, who I talked to today and, and will, will be included in this podcast um, about Christmas and dressing up as the Grinch and going to the hospital and scaring the hell out of little kids. And um, But so there's all these co- – there's elves, there's there's a Grinch. Um, I'm going to take credit. I'm going to go ahead and take credit for um, Roman the Red-Nosed Reindeer, hmm. who uh, he dressed up as, as, a, as a reindeer. I saw that costume and immediately thought Roman's got to wear that. And he, and, he, and he did end up wearing it to the children's hospital. But the, the point is, so all these things are out there, and, and you wonder, you see these guys dressed up, and how do you convince these guys to do this? Like, you know, you know, these I guys, think they probably want to do this, well, right? Well, to my, to my, much to my surprise, Ryan Ellis comes out and, and picks out an elf costume and doesn't blink an eye. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll take that one. And they're walking out of the arena with this, you know, 
elf costume and they're driving to the children's hospital dressed up as elves and um, I, I hope they put on the costume before driving. I, that's what I suggested that they do because they, they were asking when. Well, when are we supposed to put these on? And, and um, so I went. And then, so the, go, going back a little bit, so the the, the wall, the, the three players went went Christmas shopping right at Walmart for for some of these needy families. These are things that you don't. Did they wear see. the costumes to Christmas shopping? They, uh, or Austin, just to the Austin hospital? Watson was very festive. He had on a um, he had on a Santa hat, and um, and Anthony Batetto wanted to turn it into a supermarket sweep. Uh, con- competition between the guys, and here's what I thought. And I've been to these things before, and but not in not in Nashville. But I've been to these things with other teams before. And, lot, and my my thought immediately was, I'm going to go there. They're going to throw things in a cart, and they're going to be in and out of there in a half hour and move on. Right? I think we spent three and a half hours in Walmart. I'm watching, I'm watching Anthony Batetto, uh, uh, Tony Batetto. Um, pick out dr- ladies' dresses and getting on the phone with 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 his with somebody asking them what they think about what this person would like. There's a lot of thought put into these things, right? That these players really spent time, and that was something that was not that I. In hindsight, I'm not surprised, but going into it, my expectations were not that. My sure, you thought it was just going to be a nice photo right. op, they you got, know, the right. in and out for a little bit, grip too. and grin. Yeah, look yeah. at us, we're doing good for the community. Um, and Col- this is actually a Colton Sissons thing. So Colton Sissons, Austin Watson, and and, Ant- and Tony Batetto were there. Had fun. They had a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, the guys are picking out jewelry. They're picking out because you know, they had they all had lists, right? With with I think there were fourteen families. Well, last night was, on, on Wednesday night was the dinner. So I wanted to make sure I attended the dinner because I wanted to see more than I wanted to see professional hockey players shopping in Walmart. I wanted to see. Um, the families that were on the receiving end of this and what, what it meant to them. So last night I was able to go and, and um, watch some of these, watch these guys. Uh, there was a dinner. There was um, the families went out on, on Bridgestone ice and skated. Most of the people there didn't know how to skate. Um, Austin dressed up in, a, in, a, in an elf costume, which I'll be doing a story on this. I think it'll be coming out um, around December 22nd, 23rd, around Christmas time. Um, kind of telling the, the, the story through the through the eyes of a family, but watching these guys interact with these kids who don't know how to skate, these kids who probably wouldn't have had a Christmas without these players. And I wanted to say this too. So one of the things, the one of the players, the video a video game was on on one of the kids' lists, a lot of the kids' lists. But one of the kids' lists was a video game. Didn't have which system it went to. So the player. Said, "Well, why don't we just get them both, and then I'll just buy them both systems." So yeah, we talked to. To Ryan Johansson and Freddie Goudreau. Freddie is also another. I mean, they're, I like them all, but Freddie's Freddie's a guy that always says hello to you when you walk by and ask you how you're doing, and, and, and means it. Um, and he's he's another shorter guy. Tommy likes the shorter hockey guys. Rocco's so, my boy. So, but you know, we talked to them. Uh, got some fun Christmas memories from them. What kind of what it means to them? Now, so, is this before or after? The whole uh, jaunt around to Walmart and stuff like that. Oh, this that. was Did just today. This this morning. Just today. Okay. After the morning skate, I, I, I grabbed those guys for a few minutes and just asked them how they, you know, what some of their traditions and their what their favorite gifts and least favorite gifts were as kids, and and um, talk to to talk to Freddie about what it's like to be away from family uh, during Christmas because a lot of these guys don't get a chance to go home mm-hmm. over Christmas Play and kind of what they do to celebrate and how they do all that. Every line to the movie. <laughs> My fiance said I I probably would know all the lines. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a great movie. I love that movie. So I uh, I embraced wearing that costume yesterday and, and uh, took advantage of showing off how well I know it. I guess you uh, I heard you might have scared the crap out of some kids when you first walked in there in that thing. Is that true? Yeah, a couple a couple kids were a little uh, 
little optimistic of of, uh, of me dressed up, but uh, most of the kids were actually really excited, and I was a little nervous going into it, though, if most of the kids would be scared, but on, only a couple of them were. So. <laughs> and they got over that quickly, right? Yeah, exactly. Once I, once I saw who it was, my face, they realized it was just me dressed up. Are you a big Christmas guy? Huge. Yeah, I'm a huge Christmas guy. What's the best Christmas present you ever got? Like, when you were a kid, what do you remember first? Um... Probably anything to do with with hockey, uh, you know. Growing up, just being, just loving the game so much, and it sticks and things like that. And uh, there wasn't really one thing that stuck out, I guess, where it makes me laugh to look it back at. But I was uh, I was pretty spoiled growing up, though, for sure. Do you have a favorite holiday? Does your family have a, do you have a favorite family holiday tradition that you guys do? Uh, well, now since me and my brother are playing hockey and, and away from home, it's, you know the tradition basically is, is you know they, they travel out to Nashville now and, and we uh, we spend Christmas here, so it's uh, something different than we we used to do for sure. And do you have a favorite de- dish or meal? Uh, whatever whatever mom's cooking. That's uh, she's she's the boss, so usually she uh, puts together a nice turkey dinner and and we uh, we dig into that. You have a favorite Christmas present you got as a kid. Like, what's the first thing you remember that you're most excited about when you got as a kid? It's tough to remember, honestly. Uh, I guess the thing I remember more from Christmas isn't really the gifts. Although, you know, when you're a kid, that's really exciting. It was, for sure, but it's just, you know, the time with the family, waking up all together and um, just enjoying everything about you know, uh, Santa came and all those things, and um, just the rituals of Christmas. I would say. Well, what's your? Do you have a like? Does your family have any traditions for Christmas that you? Guys uh, it's pretty typical, I guess. Um, it was changing every year because we're a big family, and then I was, I have a like 13, 11, and seven years difference with my siblings. They're older, um, so at one point they became, they started to have uh, girlfriends or boyfriends. So they had Christmas in their family too. So we were just kind of the family that was trying to figure a good time for us. Um, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah, kind of get split up on everybody. Yeah, everybody exactly. So we were just trying to find a time where everybody could be together. So traditions were always changing, changing, but uh, it was for sure always a good dinner all together and a lot of fun and like I said, the the presents after dinner and stuff. So. What's pretty the, typical what's the food what's what's your go-to food at a, at a christmas family gathering it was always changing honestly yeah uh, we're not we don't have a big tradition like i said but uh just mom's food <laughs> my mom's food is just the best so um, yeah what's the worst christmas present you ever got uh i still like i said i don't really remember okay. <laughs> christmas <laughs> presents but yeah do you get a chance? I mean, play, being you're probably I know you're away from your family a lot. Do yeah. you get a chance to spend? Do you guys celebrate at a different time, or do you guys not get to do that as a family? Yeah, anymore? well, it depends every year, but uh, yeah, this year I'll be able to go. Yeah, to go home because uh, we play here in Boston, and Boston is just four and a half hour drive from my own, my home. So uh, my 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 brothers are driving. Uh, they're doing a little road trip. Um, so it should be really fun. I'll drive back with them. So this year I'll be able to be with them. How many? How often in the recent years have you have you missed a lot of Christmases recently? I have, yeah. Uh, last year I couldn't. Um, 
I think the past years after that, I I was pretty good on it. Yeah, I was there most of the times. But yeah, last year I wasn't there. So it's going to be fun this year to be with them. What do you do when you don't get to be with family? Well, like the year that you weren't able to go home, what did you, what did you do? Well, last year I was in my uh, girlfriend's family. Um, uh, it always depends on the schedule, you know, but uh, this year we have a pretty good schedule for that, so it's going to be perfect. So so while we're talking about the, you know, we are in the, the holiday season, um, I happen to have been um, as part of the Associated Press Sports Editors uh, last couple of years in New York when uh, the group and whoever among them, our members, wants to meet with the commissioners and the NHL is included there. And, and I asked, and I, I'm, you know, I'm working in Alabama that time, so I'm not I got a vested interest in anything, but I asked uh, Commissioner Bettman, so do you regret looking back, you know, that, that you know, the NFL kind of owns Thanksgiving and, you know, they had two games, now they got three. And, and the NBA grabbed – Christmas and when there used to be no sporting events mm-hmm. on Christmas, now it's an NBA day. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I'm a guy who's not not didn't grow up like a hockey fan or whatever. Don't have a hockey team. I'd probably watch a hockey game on Christmas. I mean, it feels right. It's winter. It's it, their it, sport. And and I said, do you do you wish now looking back that you had had maybe staked a claim to to Christmases and hold one or two or three big NHL games, probably one to start with. And and his answer was. No, some things are right, and we just believe this is right. So, if Paul, give me correct. They're off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they can have no hockey related activities by league mandate. Correct. Right. Correct. You can't correct. do anything. No transactions. Yep. No. No nothing. Which which is it's funny that you bring that up because I was looking at that because uh, I'm going back home to Northern Virginia for Christmas, and I was like, ah, maybe there's time to squeeze in a game or something like that. Um, but no, the the Caps are only playing one home game in the time that I'll be home. And even like a day after, like, I, I just want to get to my parents' house, sit on their big couch and like fire up the TV and just watch like hours and hours of hockey games. There's nothing on there for like the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday that I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get like usually around this time you can... It's the World Junior Championships and stuff like that that you can put on. But no, I mean, like, I was thinking about that earlier today about how stupid, I guess, for lack of a better term, is it to not have any hockey the week leading up to Christmas. And, you know, a lot of people are off. But I I was intrigued by what you were saying, Tommy, because you mentioned the NFL with Thanksgiving and the NBA with Christmas. Um, I would have thought that his answer would have been something along the lines of, well, we own New Year's Day now because of the Winter Classic. Okay. And it's still 10 years into it. It's a little yeah. bit. And I don't know if you're going to get the average sports fan saying, oh, yeah, the Winter Classic, New Year's Day, yeah. NHL. But that's something that they've been trying to do for a decade now. And then that's something that, that's interesting um, that, that we'll probably want to revisit it sometime soon on this podcast. But I, I think it's interesting of the mindset, and I like the commissioner. I know a lot of people think he's a little old and set in his ways because he's the commissioner of all commissioners who's been entrenched the longest. And, and it's almost, I won't say it's a dictatorship or anything, but, uh, you know, when you've been in that spot at the top that long, a lot of what you want to have happen ends up happening over time or if not immediately. Um, but – his his mind did not go to let's defend hockey and explain to this this guy that that we own a holiday too. It was no, we just don't don't believe in in that. That's and you know I guess they take the day after Christmas off because that's Boxing Day in Canada, which is apparently because the gifts come in boxes. And I always hoped it was because they put on the gloves. And, I, when and, I was a kid, I yeah, thought the same I mean, thing. Yeah, let's let's. I mean, what better? Let's just have a get the goons out on the ice and let them have a fight on Boxing Day, and we won't even call it hockey. Yet. Sure. Well, the um, strange the strange thing about it though is 
especially as, even as it, as it pertains to the predators, is a lot of these they give them the days off, which is great, but they don't get to spend it with their families because a lot of the time, you know, like like Pekka's not Pekka is not going to go home to Finland for you can't go home, you know, for a three day stay. Right. So they do get it. I mean, it is it is a breather. Um, and I, and I get it, but I think there's, I mean, there are a lot of players in the NHL who are from other, from Europe or, you know, or wherever that flying overseas for a three day break isn't going to work. So, you know, but I, I, I'm not, I don't have a feeling one way or the other in terms of playing on holidays. I mean, I, you know, I'm not into the ratings game and all that and how all that works. I, 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 just, I, just, standpoint, I just want something to do. That's really all it boils down to. From a to selfish is. standpoint, I like it because it gives me three days off that I don't have to worry about anything happening. And yeah. that's, the, you know, and then I get to spend it with my family. So I, I look at it from yeah. a selfish point of view because it's all about me. Yeah. And the totality of it is that like, as a, it's not just that they don't have games, nothing hockey related. They don't practice. Yeah, the league shuts down. They, they're games. not allowed to say, I'm sorry, guys. This team's not doing well. We're going to just get out on the ice the day after Christmas. Well, not only are they not allowed to do that, not only are they not allowed to practice, they're not allowed to travel. They're not allowed. I mean, you know, team wise, because with with the bargaining agreement the way that it is, any day that a team travels, whether or not they they're only allowed they're they're allowed six days. They have to have one full day off the ice a week, and if if they fly and don't do anything else that day, that counts as a day on the ice per the per the collective bargaining agreement. So. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that I'm right. So you you have those. I think the, the the Predators will come out of the break and have a game the day after the break ends. So there'll be no practice. There'll be you know they'll have to fly in the morning of the game. You know, so the morning of that that New Year's Day or, or the December 27th game mm-hmm. uh, from wherever they're coming from, and there'll be no home game. Right, they'll have the morning skate, but that'll be the only, there'll be no practice before that. There'll be no no nothing. So. It'll be a little odd, you know, the way the schedule fell that they play right after. Because a lot of teams will maybe they'll have an, an extra day where they can fly or they can travel or they, they they can practice or whatever. But they'll be coming back right after the break, so that will you know that'll be interesting to see how that how all that works out. Um, and Tommy will be in my place for, yeah, for those. Two I'll, games. I'll have home games the rest of the month, and uh, Paul will be on the road with them, except for I think one one little swing through Canada, um, which happens in hockey. Yeah. From time to they, time, they go yeah. up there every once in a while. He's go, oh, see, I wanted him to bring me back some maple syrup for Christmas, but nope, nope. I'll just get McGriddles. Mm. <laughs> Free plug there. So, anything else that you gentlemen wanted to touch off before we uh, we sign off for the week? No, I hope everyone has a happy whatever holiday you celebrate. Yeah, and uh, are we uh, are we coming back? Are you here next week? No, I'll be out of town next week. Um, I'm not sure whether we'll do it by phone or not. We'll, we'll see. I think after the new year, we have some some changes, improvements that we're going to start working on for this. Yeah, um, I got a couple of production meetings and all that other stuff uh, planned. So if we don't see you next week, we will see everybody at the uh, in 2019. It seems so far away, yet it is so close. It is. If you uh, if you are of a note, there are of a mind. There are still a few home games left uh, this season. Excuse me, this month uh, for for. Predators games in Nashville, and I'm looking forward to. Them. I think it's a great um, athletic and, and entertainment experience. Um, being a little out of my realm, I really enjoyed, you know, the crowd. I enjoy the. the there's a lot of energy behind. Yeah, this, I can't tell town. you. Yeah, I can't the, tell you how many probably, people. I'm probably missing the whole thing by being in the arena during the game instead of outside, which I need to do and do a story. I know it's been dumb, but it, it's a really neat thing that's built up around this. And and if if you're kind of been here and done that you should take some from some fresh eyeballs and go look at it again because it really is unique and 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 it's something i look forward to being a part of as a journalist sure well that's tommy deese 
Plug your handle one more time for us, At please. Tommy D's. That's D E A S. Perfect. Paul Scrubina. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's S K R B I N A. You got it. There, oh. there is a vowel in there. You just have to look real hard to find it. Mm-hmm. It's hiding behind a couple other things. Yeah, Vanna White doesn't like me. And uh, I'm John Garcia at jgarcia36. So have a happy new year and happy holidays, everyone. We will see you either next week or in 2019.